Welcome back to Starting Five Podcast, SB Nation, Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the One P Shark. I am at underscore Scott Leader on Twitter, as usual. What's good, everybody? This you got Trevor the Corner Man. You already know where I be, so what's good? And the pain holding it down, man, is really shitty. Throwing it down to, well, back to myself, I guess. Cap, what's up? Uh, you tell me what's up. <laughs> uh man, but hey, we're missing the fifth member, but hey, we're rolling down, man. We got four, man. Core four back in town, although this ain't the core four podcast. Shout out to those guys. But we got four people here, so we're gonna go on here, rock and roll without the services of Mr. Tail Shakir. As y'all know, follow him on Twitter at Tail Shakir. He's getting his DJ and thing on right now. But the Grizzlies won three. Well, they're currently on the current five-game winning streak, but they won three in a row this past week since our last recording. Three home games, three wins, including Monday night against the Miami Heat, missing Jaron Jackson Jr., Job Moran. Um, who else they missed? I think Jacob Rayview. I think he's been out for a while anyway, but just missing court, court players and Miami had all the guys and the Grizzlies found the way and pulled it off thanks to Tyus Jones. Then Wednesday against OKC, kind of took care. Just went ahead and took care of business like they're supposed to. Then Friday against Detroit, same thing, same deal with everyone. Back, Zaire Williams returned in that process as well. And we also got some news to Desmond Bain, which we were discussing in the second segment. But what are y'all thoughts about the Grizzlies three three wins on this past week? I mean, you know, let's call a spade a spade. You know, I did say that they were going to go undefeated um, this particular or this, you know, within this stretch. But if nothing else, I think I'm more um, excited from – a defensive standpoint, I called them out a few weeks ago and said that, you know, they needed to play better defense, that they needed to um, provide better effort on the end of the floor. And essentially, we've seen it. Um, the first game you want to pull up is, is the Miami game. I think they held them to under 100 points. Um, I did say that Kyle Lara wouldn't be able to stay in front of John Rant, but hell, he couldn't even stay in front of Tyus Jones. So that's another one that we need to talk about. Um, but again, you know, defense um, rang well. And now when Chucker, you already mentioned it. You know, they were completely shorthanded on that game, but again, still able to pull out a W against that one. Um, and that one, again, Shea Gitchers Alexander pulled up into Memphis and he met uh, Dylan Brooks, which I don't think he probably ever want to see Dylan Brooks again because for the most part, SJ is putting up buckets against everybody, against every other team in the league, but the Memphis Grizzlies. And so you got to give kudos to the entire team, give kudos to Dylan Brooks for being able to essentially cut their water off. Shit, you might need to pick up some uh, some defensive pointers from Mr. Dylan Brooks, <laughs> but we'll talk about you and your issues at another time. Um, but then again, you know, still I think Ronnie get off um, and and and, uh, and finishing the week three and zero against the Detroit Pistons again. Defense ran well. Um, you saw everybody else. Um, you saw everybody throughout the entire roster step up. Whether it was Tyus Jones on a Monday, or if it was Dylan Brooks and you know the backup that he had, that they had on Wednesday. Um, and then essentially the whole team uh, start at the bottom um, again on Friday to essentially um, hold off the Detroit Pistons. So I'm excited to see um, what the, how long this winning streak goes. But if nothing else, from a fan perspective, uh, the Grizzlies look good. They're definitely one of the talks of the hottest teams in the NBA. And again, like I said, the defense looks better. So I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah, 100 percent. The defense does look a whole lot better. And. I don't want to call him this because he is far from it. So I'll refrain from calling Dylan Brooks Mr. Consistency because he has been, from an overall play standpoint, he has been uh, probably the most consistent on this team thus far. Um, I predicted the Grizz would go 2 1. I thought the back to back would have uh, probably been with Dunham in against Miami, being that Miami was coming off that big win they had in Boston uh, a couple of nights prior to, and then 
Miami essentially having everyone back in their lineup. But uh, kudos to uh, the Grizz on a great effort to pull that off. Uh, of course, big game from Tyus Jones there. Um, obviously, Dylan doing what he's do- doing on the defensive side of the ball to kind of lead that infectious kind of whatever it is he has to get the Grizz going. He needs to keep doing. That's all I got to say because it, it's paying dividends uh, for the Grizzlies. Um, of course, the game against OKC, again, to Scholar's point, Shea Gilles-Azam was 4-14 uh, in this game. So the last person he needs to be seeing across from him is the Grizzlies jersey with the number 24 on it because that's all he saw in his jersey all night long for uh, in that game against the Thunder. And then to close out the week against Detroit to pretty much take it uh, take it to him like they did back in Detroit um, just last week now that I uh, want to say is – they're definitely looking much better on defensive end. That's that's good to hear. And uh, I'll just be the first on the podcast to say, welcome back, Zaire Williams. I know it's going to take a minute for you to, call, to work your way back in the rotation, but it doesn't look like you've missed much of anything. I think once you start to get your feet under you, get a couple of games under you, then we can really see what we've been preaching about with this Grizzlies team once it gets back to full strength. So kudos to the Grizzlies on a, on a hell of a week. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then you look at the games all together. Um, last three games, unfortunately, I did call it two and one. I thought the Miami Heat were uh, going to come and win. And interesting enough, the name of the game for the Grizzlies has always been the rotations and the bench players. And the plus minus for the Miami Heat starters was great. But it was completely terrible when they had to gave Vincent, Max Struess, and a lot of other players in. But it also goes to prove how great and how deep the Grizzlies are because the Grizzlies are the only team that never, that I know of, never has a cause for concern when they're missing a star or multiple potential stars as well. Whereas it's not the case with other teams. Um, I won't mention other teams' names because they don't need to be on here unless we're playing them. Um, but two and one, and to beat the Heat the way they did was phenomenal. Uh, the other two were great. Uh, my counterparts have already talked about Dylan Brooks and what he did against SGA, who was a budding star as well within this league. Um, and to contain him the way he was, he is the catalyst for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and when you cut the head off the snake, it's real easy to take care of business from there. Um, and the Pistons are just up and growing, um, still without Kate Cunningham, but again, never ever going to. I never, ever, ever, ever want to hear excuses about injuries about who's playing because the Grizzlies are the team that we follow and we never make excuses for when Jaron's out, when Jaws out. We still have Desmond Bain, one of the hottest shooters in the league, out, and there's been no excuses. We just went 3-0 and um, and possibly looking to repeat and continue that streak. Uh, my fault. Sharp, Cap, or uh, Skyler. Go ahead, Shark, you can go. I can wait. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, man, status quo, 3-0, and three home games, kind of repeating everything y'all said. Defense, 93 points in Miami, 102 OKC, 103 Detroit. So they barely got 100 points. And even those two games, you could tell the Grizzlies kind of slip walk at some point and kind of like let the teams even just linger around in the game. So at like the top tier, they played their best on defense and it coincided with Zaire Williams coming back. So you have your three best defenders out there and that's a lot of length with Zaire 
Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson. And Dylan Brooks taking away the best man on the other team. Although the Miami game, I, I did the report card for the game. Uh, yeah, he had a pretty rough game in that one. That was probably his worst game of the season, really, plus minus-wise especially. But he rebounded, shutting down uh, SGA, then Detroit. Man, he, he's showing, like I said, his value for this team. Him and Triple J. Triple J just feel like anytime somebody's coming to the rim, you feel like if he's down there, it's getting blocked. Right. He's he's coming from wherever to take somebody's shot and calling them block pounder for a reason. He's definitely living up to it. And seeing both of them play without fouling. And that goes back to the Miami game. Dylan kind of got back to his fouling ways, but he got back and not getting foul trouble in the next two games. And Jaron hasn't. Uh, he's hardly been in foul trouble this season. So that's two things both of them definitely need to work on and they have. So when Zaire gets footing down, which he's been doing pretty well defense, when he really gets rolling, I mean, the, the sky still is the limit for this team. But Skyler Webb, you have to add. Yeah, and I just want to touch on something that, that Shidi mentioned because Shidi talked about the depth that the team has. And I think um, that's something that I know we've talked about before, but I think it just needs to – a refresh button needs to be hit on that in terms of just giving the front office and the coaching staff, you know, huge – round of applause, a huge shout out for like the development of the team, right? I mean, to I mean, sometimes we sit here and think about like, you know, like why the Grizzlies, you know, when it comes to injuries, like they kind of keep it close to the best. Like they don't give us much. Um, and so I think part of that is just because like they believe in their talent. They believe in their ability to find talent. So where you may see other teams rush, you know, a, a player back here or there, um, the Grizzlies, you know, do the, do whatever they can to make sure that they don't put their player at risk if it means sitting out an extra game, if that means sitting out an extra week or two, um, that's come that's to the betterment or the, uh, that comes to the betterment of that player. But then it also allows for the David Roddy's. It allows for the Tyus Jones of the world to like to have those games where they can go off for fifteen or twenty something like that. So again, just kind of gives that the the, the coaching staff and the, and the and the injury team, you know, just the the extra time to allow people or some of those players to. Um, to get rest up. So it's uh, it's a huge kudos to the entire organization for finding talent and developing it for sure. And speaking of the injuries and the Grizz is keeping everything close to the vest, immediately, and I mean immediately after the OKC game, we got a status update on Desmond Bain's injury that he's supposed to be reevaluated out in two to three weeks. I guess this was third week, and he was reevaluated indeed. And reading straight from the press clipping, upon reevaluation, Destin Bain is progressing in his rehabilitation from a right big toe, sprain, and sesamoid, if I'm pronouncing that right, sesamoid, sesamoid injury, and has been cleared to begin a gradual reloading protocol. If the toe responds positively to the reloading protocol, a return to play is projected in three to four weeks. So, <laughs> what well, y'all, I guess, how do y'all feel? Do y'all, do y'all feel like this injury is more serious than we thought, or do you think the Grizzlies are just just playing it uh, safe? I think they're just playing it safe. I think when you go on a run that they've had, I think they did have a hiccup in here and there when they played. I forgot what game it was, so they kind of they took it that they probably shouldn't have taken. But outside of that, the Grizzlies have played well, and so um, I was a little concerned. Where I think we were all kind of concerned when Desmond Bain went went down because that's a huge uh, piece of shooting that you don't have. And so the Grizzlies have kind of been able to withstand that storm, and whether it's John Conshaw one night, if it's David Wright the next night, or if it's Tyus John one night, or if it's Jerry and Jackson Jr. getting caught hot from three, or whatever the case may be, or to that book to that point, Dylan Brooks getting hot from three rather randomly. I think they've been able to buy time, and so I think 
they're doing the, the best thing that they can do for the organization and the, and, and Devin Bain in that matter by just kind of holding him back, you know, allowing him to get that extra rest that I just talked about. Um, so I think they're playing it safe. Um, I definitely thought in some form or fashion he kind of wouldn't have been back by now. Uh, but again, to the I mean, they're on a running streak right now, so you technically don't need him. I would like for him to kind of get some run with the team going into um, this huge stretch of um, uh, important games coming up within the next couple of weeks. Um, Milwaukee is coming up. Um, Christmas Day game is coming up. Phoenix is coming up on the on the schedule within the next couple of weeks. So I definitely want to see him get some run with the team. Um, just so how we can see how we can measure up going against those three teams for sure that I just mentioned. Yeah, I, I would like to see it too, but I wouldn't want to see it until those actual games. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Desmond Bain is out until the Christmas game against Golden State. Uh, yeah, they have a, a tough stretch coming up, but leading to that stretch is pretty tame. Yeah, you have the Bucks coming, and then you got a road trip where you're at OKC, at Denver and then at Phoenix before the Christmas Day showdown against uh, Golden State. Um, but uh, I, I think for real that as well that they're playing the safe with Desmond Bain um, at this point in time. And it's been done before. It was done with Jaron. It was done with Ja. Um, some people heal <laughs> quicker than others in, in some cases. But uh, I don't see the big rush to try to get Desmond Bain back out there. I mean, the Grizzlies have played – exceptionally well without them. As we just mentioned, they're currently on the five-game uh, winning streak, have a decent decent uh, portion of their schedule coming up this week, and we'll get to that later. Um, so I, I don't see much of it. I don't expect Desmond Bain back before the Christmas game, if he comes back for the Christmas game. Um, but, again, it just goes to show how great this front office has been at drafting and developing talent. And then just as goes to show you how well things have been with this next man of mentality. Um, I I think it's I think to answer the question, Shargas, is it we're like we kind of playing it safe, or is it over exaggerated? I don't know. But anyways, I I think at first it was kind of like a panic because we were already out with Jaron was out at the time that Desmond was down. Jaw was, I think, got hurt the next game or whatever, but we were already evaluating him within like two weeks and was hopeful that he would, he would be back then. Um, now, I'm not saying it's panic. I think that at the moment that that happened, we wanted him back that soon, and it just wasn't going to be foreseeable. Um, he's a shooter, and also, when you talk about things that are below the waist, it's really, really hard, especially for a shooter, a jump shooter of his caliber, um, to really evaluate him necessarily. And he's still growing, I feel like. You know, he's a young kid, so to speak, as well. Um, and so I think that a if we're talking about reevaluating him for three to four weeks, I think a better timetable for him uh, right now, if it needs three to four more weeks, it's going to be rivalry. Um, and maybe I don't, he might not be there available for the Christmas game. He might not be there. Um, shortly after, but maybe even like MLK Day. Um, that might be a good way to bring him back in, have the energy from the crowd, and then that way he propels himself to get ready because rivalry is, is coming and it's part of the NBA now, and we ain't playing no slouches during that time. Um, and so I think him coming back, I, I would say more or less during the MLK, um, is the safest route because at this point right now, Desmond Bain is the next $100 million man for the Memphis Grizzlies, and we cannot fumble this one. 
Um, and so if he needs four weeks help, if he needs five weeks, you give him that five weeks and then you ramp him up slowly and then let's go. Because guess what? Right now, without him, we are the number two seed in the West. And so we are doing just fine like we've always have been. So whatever he needs, take his time. We'll be there. We got Zaire back anyway. Um, so we have at least another starter rotational player um, that we were missing when Desmond Bain went out as well. Yeah, I tend to agree with y'all. I think the Grizzlies are just playing it safe. The key word in there, I think they got people scared, was the if word, if the toe responds positively as the toe sprain is just a unique type of injury that, you know, you might need surgery on. And apparently he's not, he needs surgery. So they're just hoping that everything goes well about those standards. But I did see John Morant tweet either at someone or I couldn't find him on his actual Twitter profile, but I could one I saw him like maybe tweet at someone who was talking about the injury and he was saying how the guys in the organization know more than us. And he was like, he's not worried at all. So that did kind of insinuate that Destin Bain could potentially be back even sooner than three to four weeks or like he will be back. Like that's nothing that you got to worry about surgery or anything for. But uh, Christmas is what, two weeks away. So it would, by this timeline, he definitely won't be back by Christmas. But who knows? You know, John Brent supposed to be out with two to three weeks or something he came back two days later so like i think scala said earlier people bodies respond differently <laughs> there's banks already out of the walking boot and was uh i know he was in shooting around for the next game kind of just moving around running so seeing that he's starting to gradually reload protocol lets me know that he's pretty much he's on his way back and i mean we're sick like you said uh she do his year being out there you really I mean, you're playing house of money once Desmond Bain get back. We're the two seed right now, right behind New Orleans, who keep winning. So it's, you know, amazing. Memphis, New Orleans, top two seeds. The two, I think the two smartest markets in the NBA, if I ain't mistaken. Love to see it. Gotta love it. But moving forward, the Grizzlies do finish off their home stretch this week, a five-game homestand. They are 3-0 so far. They do have the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow, although we'll see. If these folks do not play, but John Morant, Jacob Raby, and Steve Adams are all questionable. Now they do, they last played Friday, so they had a longer rest, but I don't know if anything happened in practice. Maybe they're just playing the safe again, but they are questionable. They might be okay, but we'll see. But they do play Atlanta. Hopefully, we do get the job versus Trey Young matchup. Then Thursday, we had the Milwaukee Bucks coming in. Second best team in the NBA, second best record so far. Then go to Oklahoma City to play them for a third time Saturday. To finish out the week. So for the next three games, Atlanta at home, Milwaukee at home, at OKC. Who do y'all got winning? Trevor, you go first. Um I'm gonna stick with my usual till something different happens. I'm gonna go two and one uh this week with a loss being to Milwaukee. Um uh, I wanted to go with a loss to Atlanta, but we don't know how um don't know the situation with Josh Agarabia and Steven Adams. We don't know that situation as of yet. Um, the Hawks have not been playing well to really start out the season. They've kind of been up and down. The trade DeJounte experiment looks like it isn't working, at least from Trey's point of view, as he's having career lows and uh, field goal percentage attempts and things of that nature. Uh, so this is definitely a game the Grizzlies can uh, steal and win, whether Josh is in the lineup or not. For entertainment purposes, I, I would love to have John Trey, but I still think Memphis gets that win regardless. Um, Giannis is, is on a whole different tear right now. I know they've taken some, some 
bad losses uh, recently. I know they had their big loss at home on ESPN to the Lakers. I believe it was last Wednesday, if I, if I presume. But uh, they're still one of the best teams in the NBA. It's the reason why they have the second-best record in the NBA right now. Uh, so I, I really think Giannis and Chris Middleton and things of that nature. We'll, we'll keep it close, but I think Milwaukee pulls it pulls away late and probably gets a close win, maybe about three or four points there. And then that Saturday, the Greers go to Oklahoma City, probably take care of business as they've done to them all season, and uh, closes out the week with two and one. I can go. Um, you guys hear me? Yes. You want to go? Okay. Yeah, I'm just sorry about the Wi-Fi. But, no, I think they'll go 2-1 as well, too. Um, I think to kind of echo what, what Trevor already mentioned, I think they'll be able to grab the game against uh, against Atlanta. I just right now I don't think Atlanta's playing well. So young. Last time I checked, is shooting probably one of his worst um, field goal and three-point field goal percentages over his career. Um, so he's not playing well. They're kind of in disarray. I think there's uh, trade rumors about John Collins. And so – um, I think this will be one of those games, especially with, again, being at home that the Grizzlies will be able to take. Um, just a little bit, I think they'll be able to grab the OKC game um, just because, again, I just think the SGA has a Dylan Brooks issue or problem. And Dylan and the SGA got to figure that one out. So that, <laughs> um, so then that kind of leads to Milwaukee game, which I'm, I've, I've heard, I've seen that that game is going to be packed. The FedEx form has been crazy all season. I think the, the Grizzlies fans will do everything they can uh, to will the Grizzlies to a win, but I just think with the with the subtraction of Desmond Bay and him not potentially being there, I just don't. I I mean I can see a scenario which it happens, but I just think Milwaukee is too sound defensively to kind of let um, it, John Moran go off, which is something I think would need to happen in order for the Grizzlies to win. Um, so I, I'll go to a one as well. Interesting enough, I'm going to follow all of y'all. I, I'm kind of nervous about actually the OKC game, um, more or less. But against the Hawks, they're without DeJounte Murray, uh, who's sidelined as well. But again, I'm not making excuses because this team, the Memphis Grizzlies, has to make excuses. Um, but to what you guys have said, there's some turmoil with Trey Young and Nate McMillan as well, even though they're handling in-house, so to speak. Um, results are speaking for themselves. Uh, to your point, Skyler, Milwaukee ha- takes care of mistakes. Um, I was able to catch a little bit at the end of that Mavericks uh, blunder, so to speak. Um, and Milwaukee, realistically, if you make a mistake, they will capitalize on it and they will punish you um, for it. And you can just ask Jason Kidd and the rest of them. Um, and then I think I hope that we go and we don't overlook Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City, and we won that one. So I'm giving us 2-1. Um, but please, please, please do not overlook Oklahoma City as well. Well, y'all actually just convinced me. I was thinking 3-0, and but when y'all said Milwaukee capitalized on mistakes, Chris is still having been shooting well from the free throw line. And that's where Desmond Bain is definitely missing it because I've got one of the games against Detroit. I think he missed like 14, 16 free throws or something like that. Um, yeah, you do that against Milwaukee. That, that team's so capitalized. So that's my one loss. I think, like y'all said, with Atlanta, DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, the whole dynamic with Nathan Miller, I feel like they're in a little bit of turmoil right now coming to Memphis. And OKC, 
we do got the number. I think losing to Milwaukee is gonna guarantee us win that game. I think in the opposite realm, if we beat Milwaukee, I would be more afraid of us losing the OKC game. So I guess I'm predicting two more regardless. If we beat Milwaukee, I'd probably say we we'll slip up and lose the OKC. <laughs> so but I just saw Chris Milton did just got he just got back, but he just sprained his ankle today. So he could possibly be out for that game. But Milwaukee got this off got off to this hot start without him. So it doesn't really just make that huge of a difference, uh, how they would really play us. So I think we all in agreement on two and one. Hopefully the Grizzlies prove us wrong, go three and zero, oh, and not one and two. Hopefully they prove, prove us wrong in the right direction and go on a game winning streak. It'd be nice to extend this winning streak into double digits again. Well, that does it for the show. We're missing the fifth member, so show always gonna be a little shorter. We missing uh, someone next week. I bring back the Q and A segment on Twitter since the Grizzlies won't have a game on Monday, so I will post the. Q and A uh, thing on Twitter for Monday because no NFL games on. It's hard to do on Sundays because I know everybody locked into NFL football. But as always, y'all know y'all can follow us at the starting five, the number five MEM. Follow Greasy Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and check out the articles at greasybearblues.com. Listen to the other podcasts on Network GBP Live, Core Four, Next Gen, and Greasy Bear Bets. Also, shout out uh, GBP South Site Manager Parker Fleming again married this weekend. Him and Allie, salute to them. And always, you can follow me at the one D A O N E underscore P Shark. Well, since my guy's on mute, uh, I'm at the art of Trevor on Twitter. Um, y'all know of is a preposition, y'all know where I be at. Get at me. What's good? I was trying to let him talk there. Um, I hope you guys can hear me. I do. Um, follow. Underscore Skylito uh, on Twitter. Um, I'll take all his royalties from that. Um, before we do leave out, I just want to say prayers out to uh, the family, the Silas family, um, for the passing of a legendary coach. Um, and on the flip side of that, um, I don't care what the trade was for. Thank God that Brittany Griner is back um, in the United States. Exactly. Yep, for sure, for sure. As always, of course, follow our fifth member. I said it early at TF Shakir, at TF Shakir. And until next time, everyone, go Grease. Go Grease.